Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and on this episode, I am joined again with uh, A.D. Robles. Welcome. Hello. I'm glad to be here again. (laughs) Thank you so much for uh, giving us some of your time again. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, if you want to get to know more about our network, you guys, go to rebelancemedia.com, but you can follow Reformed Rebel Network on social media subscribe on youtube if you want to financially support us go to patreon.com slash reformed rebel and you can do that there that'll unlock some video content some deleted scenes of our episodes and a bunch of other pdf resources and stuff like that we've put out so go do that if you want to go check out the newest series that we've started the little pilgrim's promise Um, lesson one is already on YouTube. Lesson two is being edited and worked right now. So that'll come out soon. Um, what what age group is that for? Sorry to interrupt you. This is your interview, but (laughs) what age group is that for that? So my kids are six to 10, so it's definitely good for that age group. But I I think we said like five to 12, five five to 12, but when it comes to some of that, you know, pilgrim history, some, yeah. people, some people don't know it at all, so it could be helpful for uh, anybody. I think so. I, well, I'll tell you what. I was, uh, my, I was telling my sons the story of, uh, I think it was the Exodus and like the plagues and stuff like that. Yeah. And like as I was telling my sons a story, I was thinking to myself, yeah, this is like, there's a lot of death here. Like, is this appropriate? <laughs> and then that night, that night, because my son's like eyes were kind of getting like, ooh, what <laughs> And that night, uh, I think it was that night, I, I read a psalm that, that talked about this exact thing where it says, teach uh, your, your, your generations these wondrous things so that they can see how hard-headed people were, basically, <laughs> so that they don't, they don't act like that. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Show them how dumb they were. Right, right. And so I, I forget which psalm it was. It's, I, I'll, I'll look it up at, one point, at some point. But um, I thought that was so awesome. It's like, yeah, no, no, no. It, it, is, it is a bit much for kids, but they need to hear that stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, we're going through, um, it's a book called Trial and Triumph. It's kind of just a church history of, you know, big names. And a lot of the names are people you've never heard of. Right. And some of it, I mean, there's a guy, uh, Adolphus from... Um, Sweden and he like you know led an army against I think it was a German imperial army killing any and all Protestants men women and children and this Protestant uh, ruler in Sweden comes down and helps them out and pushes the army back dies on the battlefield and I'm reading this story and at the end it's like all right guys let's pray Now that's cool though, but 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 honestly, like it, it definitely held my kids' attention, and and it's good. It's good that they that they hear some stuff like that. Yeah, and and I tell them, you know, they're a part of the same story. That's right. right. That's right. So that I I think I think maybe we can even talk about this a little bit. But knowing history certainly does help um, in the present all the time. Mm. You know, it's true. So. so what's up, man? What do you want to talk about? All right, so. I follow your channel. Our family does. Uh, Erica listens to your videos and then I'm either on the same page or, you know, sometimes I'm like, did you catch AD today? And, um, and, and I mean, we just, we think so much alike 
and a lot of our opinions during the last eight weeks um, have been similar to yours, but seemingly more so are being labeled as just like, you're this rebel, yeah. you hate any kind of authority, you hate any kind of ruler. And so um, my first question I would put to you, can there be such a thing as a, and, uh, and it being a good thing, a Christian rebel? And how would you <laughs> flesh that out a little bit? Because that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm just like yeah. against, you know, like our small little group is against the world. And are yeah. we, are we sinning? Yeah. Well, I think so. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's, so, so rebel kind of has like a couple connotations to it. So, you, you know, whenever, when somebody asks a question like that, you don't want to get trapped, but you know, listen, I trust you. You're not trying to trap me. No, I think, no. I think that, 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 um, if you look at, if you look at this, I'm going to, I'm going to relate this to star Wars cause I love star Wars, but awesome. you know, you know, when you look at the star Wars movies, the empire was obviously the bad guys and they were the official kind of government. They were the state. And there were, they, they had done all kinds of atrocities, killed all kinds of people needlessly. They were very evil. Um, but from their perspective, the people that were like, hey, you know, stop killing us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, we're going to fight you if you start, if you keep killing us. Like, from their perspective, they were lawless. They were lawless. They were rebels. They were uh, terrorists in some cases, they would call them. And it's like, well, you know, it all depends from whose perspective you're thinking. I think that from the state's perspective and from like the kind of the, the, the official narrative's perspective, yeah, sometimes it's okay to be a rebel. And I think sometimes Christians should be rebels in that perspective. However, I don't want to go and say that a rebellious Christian in the sense of like rebellion against legitimate authority is a mm -hmm. good thing because it definitely isn't. So um, if people don't know, the Romans 13 passage, as well as a passage in First Peter, is being thrown around a lot right now. And yes. um, I know we know what that passage is. Romans 13 basically says God has ordained the governing authorities above us. And First Peter is a very similar, um, very similar message where we're supposed to obey the leaders that are above us. And during this time, Rome had some of the worst leaders possible, including Nero. And so I don't even think we would compare our own leaders to Nero or how heinous <laughs> right, the things they're right. doing. However, people are saying you need to just follow suit with whatever's coming out of um, Capitol Hill or the White House or your own uh, governor or whatever yes. it is. And then we're over here saying um, what they're doing is tyranny. What they're doing is too far. Sure. And then they throw these verses back at us. What do you respond yeah, I think so. Romans thirteen is my favorite because Paul, since Paul, uh, you know, you look at Peter and then you look at Paul. Peter was great, but Paul was a genius. So he 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 could he could tell you what your objections were going to be before you even knew what they were. And so he yeah. he did a really good job of laying things out. And the the best part about Paul is if you read him the way he intends to be read, he'll he'll give you what you need. So Romans thirteen, you know, it's it's after Romans twelve, and Romans twelve mm -hmm. uh, says. This it says, uh, let love be genuine, abhor, hate what is evil, and hold fast to what is good. And he talks about love for a little bit, which is great. And then he talks about this. He says in verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Then he says, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Okay, so that's the end of Romans 12, essentially. 
Then we get into Romans 13, where he says to be subject to all the governing authorities, because there is no authority except from God. Now, remember what he just said in Romans 12, you have to hate evil. Mm-hmm. And as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Now he's telling you to be subject to the governing authorities, because there is no authority except from God. And whoever resists those authorities resists what God's appointed. For the, he says, for rulers are a terror to good, not to good co- I'm sorry, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Then then he says, move up, moving forward a little bit. Here's where I wanted to go with this. He says um, that the the, the civil governing authorities are an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. And so the whole idea here is that as far as it depends on you, you know, live peaceably with all. Um, He also says, hate what is evil. Hold on to what is good. And then he says, don't avenge yourself. And then in the next passage, he says that the rulers are a terror, are a terror not to good conduct, but to bad. So again, he's talking about the evil and the good. Mm-hmm. Then he says that the rulers are God's avenger, which carries out God's wrath. So this is a very specific argument he's making. He's saying, look, Christians, you know, you, you should hate evil, love good, and also you know, don't avenge yourself because that's the government's job to avenge evil. There's a whole argument here going on here. And so I would argue that this, this passage is yes, Christians should, should submit to the government, but this passage really is, is, a, is, is, is definitional of what a government actually is because if we're going to hate evil and the government is doing evil, we should submit to the legitimate authority of the government, but, but the evil that they're doing is not legitimate. That's the whole purpose of this passage. Right. That's and the, so, the yeah. sorry, just it, as a Christian, you have to carry through that passage a biblical definition of good and evil, mm-hmm. because absolutely our rulers currently and have been doing evil things, and then Christians pull this passage and say, "Well, they're you know they're not a terror to those who do good, so just follow right. his rules." That's what a good person does, and I'm like, right. but if right. I obey all their rules, I'm going to start sinning against my God. Right. And that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. Right. Right. And, 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 and Nero is a bad dude. Right. That's yeah. very true. But, but Nero, the, the thing about Nero that we have to understand is he, he, he almost is like evil personified when you talk in Christian circles, which is fair. He, he earned the reputation, but, but Nero also did things that were right. So, so I would imagine that if someone was a murderer in Nero's Rome, mm-hmm. um, that, 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 that Nero's government would punish that murderer and that's right. what they should do. That's, that's right. Yeah. Um, but Nero did a whole lot of other stuff too. So it's like, you know, every government's going to be a mixed bag to a certain degree. And we're, we're not to go along with the evil stuff just, just because we understand that there is some legitimate authority there. And, I think that's kind of what Paul was getting at when he says, as long as it depends on you, be at peace with, with all. Sometimes it doesn't depend on you. Sometimes Nero's coming after you and you, you shouldn't go along with it. Right. And he's saying you need to worship a different God and you're saying no. And right. he's going to come after you. And that, at that point, um, you right. don't submit to the governing authorities. Sure, sure. Um, okay. So to get practical, how does a Christian resist? Um, I know there's probably a hundred different ways, but during a time like this where churches are being told to shut down and businesses are being told to close and many other things are happening that are an overreach for what God has ordained the governing ruler to do. 
how does a Christian resist in a way that maintains their witness? Yeah, it, it all it all depends on the context, and there's a bunch of different examples there. For example, you mentioned about closing a, a business. I think, I think to me, um, you know, depending on what your business is, the government tells you to close. It might be prudent to just go with it. I mean, like, look, I don't want to close, but you know, I, the the cost benefit analysis there is probably right. if I'm a, if I'm a restaurant, I'm probably not going to get much business anyway. And the chances of a, a heavy fine are, are probably pretty high. I might just go along with it. I might not resist so much there. Um, but 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 the church example to me is 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 a, is totally different. Yeah, that's it's becoming different. a pretty deep conversation. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What uh, I, I guess I mean flesh that out a little bit. It, it, is there ever a time do you think a church should close during a time like this? Like, and if so, why? Yeah. So what I've said uh, throughout this whole thing, and, and really nothing has kind of changed my mind on this, is that a, a church should close if they believe that it's the right thing to do. I think that authority lies with the church. I think that the elders are there to 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 to, to make that kind of a call. Some mm-hmm. some people disagree with me, and I, and I and I definitely see their point where they say, no, it's actually not the church's call. It's actually God's call, and God said you can't do it. But I, I don't know. I, I think if if if, my, if the elders get together and they say, hey, you know, there's certain, you know, like like this this disease, for example, it, you know, it really it really hurts a lot of old people that have underlying health conditions, and like eighty mm-hmm. percent of our church is over sixty five and has pre existing health condition conditions. Let's let's maybe shut it down for a little bit because, or or just say that you know maybe the old people don't come. Whatever it is, like they, they have. I think that's an ecclesia. That, that's a church authority there. Yeah. yeah. So. But so, but I, what I don't say is that the government in these situations has any authority whatsoever to shut it down. I think what the government can do is say, hey, we highly suggest you shut down or we highly suggest that this is the situation. Maybe you shouldn't meet, you know, and the, and the elders can take that under consideration. But I think the authority lies with the church on whether or not the worship of God goes on as normal. So um, I've been reading that church history ki- uh, book with my kids and the last couple of stories have been about the covenanters in Scotland. Mm. And I'm not sure uh, how much about the covenanters, you know, a little um, bit. I, yeah, I only know a little bit, but I've heard these stories recently, but, um, but essentially when, when they came under the jurisdiction of England, England was the English, the church of England was ruled basically by the book of common worship, the book of sure. common prayer. And, um, and when they came, when Scotland came under the jurisdiction, Scotland's Presbyterian, they do not follow this book. And they were told, you need to follow this book. You're now part of us. You have to follow this book. And the Covenanters said, the king does not tell us what to do in church. Um, Christ is king of the church and actually king over you. You are a member of the church. You are not king of the church. Right. And more and more, I realized that's, that's exactly what we're trying to say. Right. We're, we're all being quite covenanter in saying, listen, it's not that shutting down or adjusting the worship service or, or you know, doing things like that is wrong. Right. The, the government may be telling you to do a right thing. Right. But they're stepping into a sphere they don't belong in. R- right, right. It absolutely makes sense. And this is why I, I kind of appreciate the uh, the guidelines that you know the government has put out, even though some of them are a little bit wacky and, and, and inconsistent and and stuff like that, I appreciate that because you know at the end of the day, like I, I've said this before, like I'm not 
I'm not a, a microbiologist or virologist, any of these things. Right. Um, but, but I still have to make decisions. So I appreciate the counsel. You know what I mean? I appreciate the advice. Mm-hmm. But what I don't appreciate are the orders because you just have no authority over things like yeah. that. You have no authority over things like that. And I, I, I think early on I saw Marcus, you know, he has a little bit of a rebellious streak too. Yeah, I think we can all agree. But, uh, <laughs> but what, like what, what, of course we do. One of the things he said was um, he, he, he initially had said that, you know, maybe churches should consider maybe, maybe shutting down. And then as soon as one of the governor, the, one of the first governors said churches had to close, he said, oh, we should definitely stay open. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> definitely. And, uh, and I, I I, I, me too, because, because I, 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 while, while I don't think that that's strictly speaking what you should do, um, <laughs> I, I do think that there is something to be said about just saying, no, we're not doing what you say because right. you just don't have authority here. You know what I mean? You just don't. And that, that's a big, it might seem like splitting hairs, but it's not splitting hairs. It's a huge deal uh, because, because, you know, you might think that this pandemic is very serious and fine. If you think that I'm not going to argue with you, but, but you don't want to give those kind of tools to these shady people. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're setting a precedent that likely won't change unless, you know, something really serious happens. And that's, we are yeah. always fighting once we've given up ground, you have to yeah. fight, you know, 10 times as hard to get that ground back. That's, that's exactly right. And so I think that, that, you know, there are, again, there are some people who disagree with me that say you just shouldn't shirk, church down no matter what. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that, you know, the elders can make that call. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a tough call. I, 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 I'm not an elder and, and I, I respect that, that difficulty. Um, but I know that it definitely does not lie with, you know, Governor Cuomo. Yeah, that definitely not. does not lie there. <laughs> so, um, so I wanted to ask too, uh, I have a bunch of different questions about this whole thing, but I want to stick to to church stuff and what's probably most relevant for just Christians and Christian life. Um, as we look at what's happened with churches um, and how they've adjusted or the conversations that have sprung up because of this, what good do you think has come out of all this? What good do you think has come? Yeah. So there's a couple things that come to mind right away. So the first thing is, I think that there's a lot of pastors that maybe not for the first time, but for the first like for the first time that actually affects their lives are thinking about these questions of authority and what, what, what authority mm-hmm. lies where and, and, and really what the, gov- what the, go- uh, the Bible says about government. Um, and that's a really good thing. That's a really good thing. I, I did a, a video about a nine marks article where, where Jonathan Lehman called these questions, dark questions about oh. potentially, you know, maybe being c- civilly disobedient. And I don't think they're dark questions at all. They're completely legitimate. I think that they're necessary. We really haven't had to think about this. Um, right. I don't know it ever, really. It, 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 you know, I've only been a Christian for a short time, but, but, um, but in our history, I can't think of another time where we really had to seriously sit down and think about this. So I think that that, act, that in itself is a good thing, to get people thinking about this and talking about this and discussing this. Because I, I think I'm not alone here we're going to, this, this situation is going to happen again in the fall. So when the fall is going to come or there's going to be a second wave or a third wave, mm-hmm. it's just going to be. And so, so this time it kind of caught a lot of people off guard. They're not really sure what to do. They had their pants down a little bit. Now yeah. I'm going to think I, I, in my opinion, I feel very, very confident about this. That the response is going to be much different 
because people have had time to really think about it. That's yeah. a good thing. Do you think it will be not as frantic as this one? Do you think it'll be not I, I so think, bad? I think it'll be not a, like the response from Christian pastors won't be as frantic, but I also think that there's going to be many, many more people standing up for, 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 for their, their sovereignty in these decisions mm-hmm. and saying, you know, we're going to do what we think is right, regardless of what Cuomo says, regardless of what, whatever our governor says. Um, I think that's going to happen for sure. Uh, the other good thing about it is I think that um, people, a lot of people are seeing how, how important the Lord's Day is because yeah, a lot good. of people, a lot of people aren't meeting and a lot of people are, and that's good. But um, people are doing video church and we're doing video church and I, I really wish we weren't, right. um, but well, we are. And um, everyone in our churches has realized how completely inadequate it is. It's, it's just not, it's not acceptable. And I think that, that it'll help a lot of people really, you know, appreciate what's happening on Sunday every day when we gather together, we all worship the Lord. Um, we've never had to worry about going without for more than a week or two or something like that, but it's a big deal. And, and I think, I mean, I've, I, I've learned a lot from not being able to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think there'd be a, maybe an uptick in, in, in Christians wanting to learn a little bit more about worship and what happens there and why, why that was such a big deal at when I yeah. was missing out. Cause I, you I don't know, know. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good point. We could talk about, you know, the terrible worship services that happen in America, you know, <laughs> every Sunday. But, um, but I'm, I'm hoping that more and more uh, people realize, Hey, wait a minute, let's do this thing. Right. Let's um, you know, let's see what, what was it that, that I was missing out so much on because I, I mean, I certainly feel it. Uh, the, my week is messed up, you know? I don't have that break, that, you know, go to worship once a week, uh, break up of the week, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, that would be awesome if, it, if that, I don't know if it will or not, but, but I, I, at the very least, people are going to be very much not uh, taking it for granted anymore, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, we, maybe we don't have to get super deep into this, but as those who are post-millennial in our thinking where, you know, we, we, we believe all things, even pandemics are going to work towards God's glorious ends of, um, you know, gospel spread all over the whole world. Um, how can we maintain that and hold on to that hope during times like this, where it just doesn't seem like it? Holding on. I, I missed the first part. Hold on to hope of what? The post-millennial hope that mm. that God's yeah. working all these things for good, right. the building up of his church and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, your post-millennialism has to be rooted in the scriptures and not your circumstances. It just has to. Um, and this is, I've heard this story many times. I don't know how true this is, but I heard that that basically everyone was post-millennial for a long time. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, World War II happened and then, you know, you know, these, these different things happened and people stopped being post-millennial because how could it be if, if this mm-hmm. is just so terrible? Um, you can't have a, a post-millennialism that's, that's rooted in the, what the newspaper said today. You just can't. Um, and I think the other thing about post-millennialism that, that I think a lot of people should understand is it's not like a pie-in-the-sky optimism where everything is always going to be roses and getting better and better all the time. Right. Like it, it's, it's going to look like the way that the, the Dow looked, uh, you know, through Trump's presidency up until recently <laughs> where, you know, it's, 
it's jagged peaks and valleys, but it's like trending upwards kind of thing. Overall um, upwards. So we're, you know, we're definitely in a, in a, in a, in a, in a valley right now, no question about it. Um, but, the, but, but, but if you're rooted in the scripture and you know what Christ has said and you know what, what he said about the kingdom of God and how it's going to grow, and it's going to grow slowly and it's going to, and it's going to be methodical and all of this kind of thing. If you're rooted in the scripture instead of the newspaper, you'll be all right. But if you've got a post-millennialism that's just kind of been, well, you know, the Dow's been going up. So clearly post mills, right? <laughs> like that, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Um, uh, Nate, the host of the other podcast in our network um, said something a few weeks back and he was just thinking about how maybe even during this time as terrible as it is, especially for the church and what's going on, more people right now are sharing sermons Mm. and stuff like that on their social media that they didn't beforehand. They just went to church and came home, right. but now they're sharing, here's my church's sermon, here's my whatever. And, and he was trying to say like, you know, maybe this is going to bring, you know, an unforeseen gospel, some unforeseen gospel growth. I hope so. You know, and just the weirdness of the situation. Uh, totally. And, and, and listen, I don't put anything, um, beyond our, our God's reach in right. that regard. I, 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 that's one of the things I worry though about, about churches being closed because, I, and I heard pastor, uh, Carrie Gordon say this and he was really animated. He's, 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 he's an interesting guy. And, um, I didn't really know much about him before this whole situation, but he was pretty fiery about this. And he's saying, this is an opportunity. You know, we've got every restaurant closed, all entertainment's closed, uh, sports are closed. Um, you know, you can't go to a Drake concert anymore you know like everything yeah. everything that's like de degrading our culture is closed but the church is also closed like like yeah. like how how are we going to reap this 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 harvest it's such an opportunity and we're just doing the same thing and he, he was he was pretty angry understandably so however i i think you're, you're right i mean i i don't put anything past god his his ability to to reap a harvest here and i think you might be right about something like that and i think you might be right also with some of these people that, um, you know, they're like, they're not, um, you know, they go to church every now and then they're not really that engaged, stuff like that. And maybe they're a little lukewarm. I, I think some of those people are really Christ's people and they're going to realize, man, like, like, I know I don't go to church all every, every week, but like now I can't, and I, it's definitely yeah. a problem. You know what I mean? And I, I'm hoping that God does stuff like that because it is very, uh, vexing that, um, in this time when you think people are considering their lives, considering mortality, considering all these things um, and, and the churches are closed. Like that's a, that's a sad thing to think about. And so hopefully you're right, man, that, that God's doing something with this, with, with <laughs> content sharing and, and, and sermon sharing and stuff like that. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm hoping, hoping, hoping. Our, I'll tell you right now, our, my pastor told me that because um, unfortunately right now I go to a church that's, you know, that's kind of far away from my house. I've been ever since I, uh, I left the church that I planted. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I never really went to the, the, the Wednesday night prayer meetings because it's just too far. And I have this young kids and it, anyway, that's an excuse, but I just never went. Gotcha. Anyway, yeah. he told me that, that, that since this whole pandemic, the attendance of that, even though it's virtual, it's like by a factor of three increased wow. people praying together and, and, you know, and stuff like that. And look, it's virtual. It's not the same but that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah I, I don't wonder if some churches will continue doing things like that, maybe virtual yeah. just because yep. they can have a higher attendance. Cause Hey, I'm right. with you. I got young kids. There's a lot of 
midweek yeah. stuff that we pass on because we're like, that's just yeah. not, that's not conducive to the young yeah. family. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you're right though. And actually stuff like that actually could legitimately be done virtual. You don't yeah. have to gather necessarily for like a, you know, a Wednesday prayer meeting where, where you're just praying about, you just hearing what each other has, has going on and stuff yeah. like that. It's right. not like it's the Lord's day meeting. You know what I mean? Right. It's different. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. I didn't, I haven't thought about that, but that could be something good that comes out of this. Yeah. There's a lot of these churches too, that, um, these, uh, they're, they're learning how to do tech type stuff that yeah. maybe beforehand they had That's no right. idea. I you know, Dude, so my church is my church, uh, that church that I was telling you about the hypothetical yeah. church that's over 65, everyone, that's my <laughs> church. Uh, everyone in my church, except for me and one other family or two other families is, is, is elderly. And that's mm-hmm. why we shut down. Anyway, um, yeah. we, we did zoom, we, we do zoom church now. And you know, the first few weeks, it was a little challenging. People couldn't figure out how to mute themselves or unmute themselves. And stuff. <laughs> but now, man, these people, I, I, I've been, I've been impressed that, I mean, zoom's pretty easy to use, but, um, they're, they're getting it, man. And and it's so, it's so funny. Like you see these like, you know, 70 year old couples and, uh, they're obviously they're in the same room, but they're both on different devices. They have them, (laughs) they're on their like uh, rocking chairs and you can see them and they're like chatting with each other and they, they got their cell phones kind of rocking. That's too funny. It's pretty funny, man. But but everyone's figured it out. It's actually, I've been very impressed. I've been on a lot of zoom calls because I work from home and that's pretty much how we do business. And, um, there's been, uh, there's been a lot worse zoom presentations with like businesses than oh, the, our wow. church is doing. They're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> that's crazy. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. The older generation. Yeah. Probably, man. You know, they're struggling. getting it, man. That's really cool. But, but at the same time though, I, you know, they're, they're the ones too, especially some of the widows and, um, stuff like that where, you know, they're, they're definitely feeling lonely, man. They're feeling alone. Oh yeah. And people are visiting them, you know, we're not stopping that kind of stuff, but like it sucks, you know? Yeah, no, I think the, you know, the emotional, you know, I, I have opinions about mental health stuff and all that, but no, no joke. I think a lot of those things, yep. even if they were minor issues before that they've got to be skyrocketing now and, oh, yeah. and there's going to be stuff that, you know, have started now. You know, oh, because of to- this. totally, man. I, listen, I have my opinions on that stuff too, but, but, but I'll tell you right now, you know, being isolated, that's not good. I mean, the Bible says that that's not good right. to be alone. You know what I mean? So, so we know we don't, I don't need to be a psychologist. I don't need to be, you know, a prophet to know that that's going to have bad results for people. Yeah, for sure. You know? Um, uh, blinking on uh, another question at the moment, but I have a question that I need to ask you about. And that is how are the chickens? <laughs> yeah. So if you listen, I, my last uh, videos for the last few weeks, you've been hearing cheeping in the background right now. You don't hear anything because I put them outside uh, oh. in their run. And uh, you know, I'm supposed to keep an eye on them just cause like at this point they're really vulnerable to predators, but they're right outside. Um, and the last couple of days you took them outside. They're doing great. They're, they're really good. They're, they're, they're small, but they look like chickens now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, so I have wanted my Erica grew up with them. My wife, Erica grew up. Yeah. Um, they had chickens. She never touched them. She's like, listen, mom, I will cook. I will cook and clean. I ain't touching your chickens. And, um, they're pretty dirty. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, babe, I want chickens. And this was, uh, this has been a while though, but I, I you know, I think, 
uh, you know, when we get up to Canada, if we're allowed at the place that we get, yeah. I'm totally getting chickens. And I've seen, you know, I've kind of watched you yeah, build, build your, uh, build the run and everything. And I'm inspired just to let yeah. you know. I can't wait to show everybody uh, what it looks like now. I mean, it's almost awesome. complete. And I'm thinking that they're going to, it started like they're loud now and they're also starting to smell a little bit. So I, I'm thinking <laughs> that this weekend, as long as the temperature is good, yeah. they're going to be outside permanently <laughs> starting this weekend. But they're, so, uh, they're funny, man. That's all. So I have, I have a question that that story leads into, and that's in these times as a Christian man and leader of his home, what advice would you give in, in that way? I know you've said a few things within the last few weeks about what to do as far yeah. as the man, the leader of his home. Um, so what would you, what advice would you give during, during times like this? Yeah. Well, so I think, um, a, pra- a very practical thing that you, you need to do is, is to, um, ma- I'm trying to say how to think, how to say this, mm-hmm. manage, manage your risks right now. Cause there's some risk factors out there right now. For me, there's definitely financial risk factors. There's obviously the illness itself. Mm-hmm. That's a risk factor. Um, and, and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, like, like, you know, it, it, depending on how old your kids are, depending on, you know, you know, a lot of different factors, you know, people are going to be worried and, and, and there's life is not normal. Life is not the way it normally is. And so anything that you, you can control, then, then you, you should try to, to manage it and control it. And I think, um, right now is a good time for, 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 for men to be tightening their belts a little bit, you know what I mean? And, 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 mm-hmm. and, and planning for the future in case things don't, you know, aren't peaches and cream right away as soon as uh, we open up the economy, which I think is pretty likely it won't be. Um, you know, so I, I think that, that, that we need to just make sure we're planning, you know, multiple steps ahead at this point. We can't just be thinking about the immediate. We have to be thinking, okay, what does it look like in, if in six months, things aren't back to normal still. I still can't, right. you know, make as much money as I used to. I still can't do the things I, you know, that I used to do. Um, I, I think that if that, that'll go a long way because your, your, your family, your wife, your kids, you know, you know, they're going to, they're going to, there's a lot of changes happening right now, but people are going to feel a lot better if you are, if you've got plans, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just yesterday I was on, or two days ago, I was on a call with, um, I'm on the, I'm on the executive board of a, of a pregnancy, uh, crisis center. And, um, we were talking about our plans for the future. Awesome. And wh- one of the things that I said was that we, we hope things will be normal, mm-hmm. but we should make our plans as if they might not be because we don't want to be caught with our pants down. So, right. you know, let's just assume things aren't going to be normal for six months. What would we do? And then if they are, then we're, we're golden. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we're, we're in a good spot. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that's kind of what, 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 what head of households should do as well. I mean, just plan ahead. <laughs> this is the time for planning ahead. Yeah. I, you know, I think even eschatology plays into that your post millennial mm-hmm. hope and outlook of God's God's got me here for the long haul. He has yep. purposes for the long haul. So I need to be thinking for the long haul. And that might mean chickens, right? So when they limit the grocery store to one dozen eggs and start taking names down and saying, you're only a lot, which would, I mean, I'm I'm thinking Soviet union back, you know, but they did this kind of stuff and our leaders are almost doing this kind of stuff where they would take names down. You get one dozen eggs a week or something. 
well, you yeah. know what? I got chickens. I'm not playing your games. Like right. that right. would give some power back to a man of his household um, if he's self-sufficient in that way. And, and I think yeah. in one of your videos, you said not everybody has the capability of doing that, especially if you live here in a high-rise apartment building in Brooklyn. Yeah. Super difficult. Different. Yeah. It, it's going to look different for you. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, I'll say something else too. Like, like um, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, you have to you have to put yourself in in a situation where, um, let me see. I'm trying to say I say this in a, in like a nice way. <laughs> let him have it or whatever. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I just I just look. You, you don't want you don't want to be like like everybody else. Like you don't want to be like 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 you said like playing that game. It's like you don't want to be the sheep that's ba- that's batting for like the food. Like you want to mm-hmm. whatever it, that looks like for you you want to be less close to starvation than everybody yeah. else. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and, and honestly, this is, this is prudent in, in general, just because, you know, the, like the, the, the better, the better off you, you set up yourself, you're not only are you providing for your own family better, but you're also in a position to help people as well. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's something that, that Christians ought to, ought to consider as well. And, you know, yeah, for sure. sometimes, sometimes Christians think like it's almost dirty to like want to make as much money as possible. And it's not. I mean, you, you should provide for your family. But also, if, you, if you're making a ton of money, like you're in a great position to help your church, to help your family, to help or, yeah. uh, your, 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 uh, your, your, the local Christians and stuff like that. You're in a way better position to do all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I, I, think, I think that's something most people – most people aren't thinking more than a step or two ahead. Most people mm-hmm. aren't thinking ahead at all. So even if, if you could just think a few steps ahead, you're, you're, you're in a good position. Um, I think for, for whatever comes your way, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You have anything um, outside of this pandemic that current events or anything going on that, um, that you want to talk about or share with or something there's, I know there's been a um, quite a hubbub, <laughs> with the uh, SBC in just the last couple of days. Oh my goodness. Um, I want to give people a taste so that way they can come watch your channel. Yeah. Well, no, there, there definitely has been. Um, and I'll say this, I'll say this there, you know, right now, I, I, I think that there's a lot of people that are kind of waking up to what's been going on in the SBC in evangelicalism in general. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, of, of politics in a bad way. I don't think politics is automatically bad, but, 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 but politics in like a bad way where you use your power inappropriately to your advantage. Um, there's been a lot of that kind of stuff going on. I think people are, are, are starting to get hip to the game a little bit and that's gotta be frustrating for those people that are doing that. Um, and it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit, nerve wracking for people that have kind of trusted the power structures for a long time. And so what I would say is I, I, I would just say this, like there's going to be some videos released, not by me, but, um, but by others that I know I've, I've seen the videos. I don't know when they're going to be released. I'm, I'm sworn to secrecy on the content, but, okay. um, but they're, they're, they're not good. <laughs> they're not going to make your favorite seminaries, look very good and some yeah. of your favorite leaders look very good it, it's gonna it's gonna be gross it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna make you feel dirty you know and um my advice to you is and this is this is this is something that we all know but we all are susceptible to it put your faith 
in the scriptures yes. and in Christ and not your favorite pastor who taught you those scriptures and in Christ because those people um, can let you down. They don't always let you down, but sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. And so what I, what I don't want is that now that everyone's kind of waking up and everyone's kind of hip to the game kind of thing, what I don't want is anyone to have a crisis of faith where it's like, well, man, this guy taught me everything. And like, yeah. like if, if he's going to act like this, like what is, what is really the deal with Christianity? And, and that's the trap, man. That's the trap. You know, you look at D- King David and he did bad things. You look at all, everybody else in the scripture, except for Christ. And for some reason, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, <laughs> everyone has bad things about yeah, them right. except for Christ. And so just look, to the Lord, look to the scripture. That's got to be your rock. And when things get revealed, like, like that's when you need Christ the most, where it's like, man. And, and also the other thing is um, remember that, that, that we're all susceptible to falling for the temptations. And so let's not like rip people and forget that we could fall into that kind of stuff too. You know what I mean? We've got to watch out for ourselves as well. Yeah. I think, maintaining a starting point of the scriptures will save people from a lot of yeah. uh, heartache when they, when it comes out that their favorite yeah. seminary president or whoever is a whole lot worse than, right. uh, than they think or something. Um, you know, I'm anxious to see what these videos are that are coming yeah. out soon, yeah. yep. but the, you know, the struggles that Southern seminary had recently and they had to fire some people. Yep. Um, that's that for me, that was, I was really disappointed in Al Moeller. Yeah, really that disappointed. Sad. That was a really sad situation. And um, and and I know people try to defend him, and I don't. I didn't. Right. Nope. I was just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, but but yeah. when your starting points the scriptures, sorry, I'll, right. I'll let you talk here in a sec. When you start with the scriptures, though, um, then you can't be shaken. That that foundation is sure. So right. a whole lot of crap can happen, and and you're good. You can think through it. You can handle it. And, you know, main, you know, survive and be on the other side. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, you know, I, I, I understand that, um, that sometimes it can be hard to, um, to know, you know, w- what that foundation should be because you've got, you know, person one on one side saying, well, the scripture clearly teaches X. And then you've got the person on this side saying the scripture clearly teaches Y. Look, the, the reality is though, that God wrote in such a way that, that can be understood. I mean, yeah. he, he didn't, he didn't write at this ivory tower level where you need to have 10 degrees to understand what he's saying. That's not how he did it. He wrote in a way that, that normal people can understand. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, I would suggest, and, and this is something that I think is also maybe a, a positive from this whole situation. Um, but you know, your, your local pastor, man, like, you need to pray for that man and you need to have a relationship with that man. You know, you need to, you need to work with that, with that man to, to help you out with this kind of stuff. Because I know that mine in particular has been, has been very helpful to me just with thinking through these things in a way that's, that's, that's biblically faithful, but also considering others and all your pastor, man, that like, that's, that's your lifeline sometimes to some yeah, of this stuff, sure. understanding what this stuff means. And um, man, maybe we think so similarly because, you know, Pastor Troy, man, I don't know. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's po- such a good influence. Yeah, man. I such agree. a good influence in that way. Um, all right. Well, you know what? Uh, I think I've stolen enough of your time today, but I've truly enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, um, me too. 
I, I really want people to go subscribe to your channel, AD Robles on YouTube, guys. Um, he puts out stuff almost every day, and it's really, really helpful for Christians to think through just constantly um, the, the, the current events that are going on in the church, going on in the culture, Amen. how Christians are responding to it. Um, you put out a video the other day just about the Arbery thing that's going on. And yeah, you, you said, listen, the way Christians are responding to it, and that, that was what you said. I'm yeah. not going to say any more. It was a great video. Everyone needs yeah. to go watch it. Hey, well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on again. Well, hopefully we'll do it again. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. We pray God that bless. the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. God bless. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gain, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames, left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames, cause we're powerless to change, if you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily, as you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3. That verse one is my thesis It's the deepest truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees Wicked spite against Christ that turned this into Nick at night He called the rabbi and gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again That must have consumed and stretched his mind Cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb a second? Time? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit No other way to enter heaven That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent The water symbolizes spiritual purification Flesh can only produce flesh, that's true and factual Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural It's kind of like the wind, which is free East to west can't perceive the steps You can only see its effects In the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. For the spirit's mysterious operation uh -huh. We would all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1, yeah And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause, it changes our natural habitation The situation, it's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted So my dirt was inexcusable with new 
internal pupils His person is beautiful, his worth is indisputable The land is amazing, a standing ovation for his work in the crucible So let us respond with true worship and love To the God who was given new birth from above Thank you.